Hello and welcome to Do It Justice, your local bi-weekly podcast on which a guest speaker and I discuss three ideas all under one umbrella theme, or as I like to call it, debate with a name. Thank you for coming back to the ninth episode, or if you're new, thanks for tuning in. I just want to add some comments about my last episode, which is all about body image with Flavia. Um, when we spoke about... <laughs> Brandy Melville being for prepubescent teens. We did not mean offence by that at all, in no way, shape or form. Realistically, Brandy Melville do use um, girls who are very young, who haven't necessarily gone through puberty, hence the reason why they are quite slim and don't have a lot of body weight or don't have natural curves that we all acquire through puberty. Um, and so that was kind of the reasoning we had behind that. Also, um, about intermittent fasting, obviously um, any form of like diet or fasting or anything is going to be harmful for you if you have a kind of predisposition to develop um, eating disorders from it. So that's what we kind of meant when we spoke about it being very damaging and easy to develop one from that. Um, so yeah, happy listening. Now I want to welcome on our guest speaker this week, which is Isabel. Hi. How are you? How are you holding up? I'm all right, thank you. I'm keeping busy. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Same with you. I think this podcast is doing good um, goodness for my brain functioning, if I'm honest. <laughs> but Stopping yeah, it going to Marsh. <laughs> Absolutely. So today we're kind of talking about um, all things like sex, masturbation, sexualization, yeah. etc. In regards, like with a kind of feminist lens. Um, yeah. So yeah. So we're going to start with. Um, women's shame around sex so do you want to start um so in terms of women's shame around sex and like masturbation I wanted to kind of talk about in the modern realm the difference between the way like boys view masturbation the way girls view masturbation like especially as when we were growing up I know for a fact if there were like lads talking about oh yeah like what they've been looking at like the night before or whatever if a girl joined in the conversation nine times out of ten it would be like looks of shock Mm, okay or or like disgust because it's not really normalized for girls to like have their own sexual drive or have their own ideas about masturbation which I think is a really odd thing considering how progressive our society is at the moment I completely agree do you know why do you think it is still like that though I think especially through history women have been kind of considered like their sexuality is like this pure little thing it's been very different in the way that boys have been brought up historically like for example there was loads of accounts of like royalty throughout Europe and the western world who would actually the males would be encouraged to go out and have sex before they got married so they got better at it whereas then you'd have women who if they weren't virgins they were shunned so I think the ideas around masturbation and sex for boys and girls definitely comes from the way we've been brought up through history and even today like girls like fathers won't be excited about the girls like exploring their sexuality whereas they'll consider it like a big thing for boys do you know what I mean yeah totally I think at the end of the day for like thousands of years women have like you said kind of been expected to be these like virgin Mary, yeah absolutely submissive women who um are expected I mean this is my kind of more modern idea but they're meant to be great in bed but also be a virgin and they're meant to be oh yeah do you know what I mean and also I, I just think it's based on the fact that there's been thousands of years where we have just not really had any rights and it's only recently where we've been on quote unquote equal rights and so that obviously thousands of years of history isn't just going to be eradicated in like 50 years of having the same legal rights we've still got that guilt and shame attached to sex 
Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the fact that it was only in the last century that marital rape was abolished as part of the laws, it does just go to show that equality hasn't 100% got there yet. Mm. But I do 100% agree with what you're saying. I think there's some kind of generalization within there about like no rights and so on because obviously they're in some um cultures like female sexuality was glorified historically but I think in modern society it's quite difficult for us to wrap our heads around having equal sexual experiences for boys and girls I think it's it's very it's very different and so it's still very difficult for us to get round to it if that makes sense like yeah. there's the whole thing in the last kind of century um have you ever heard the phrase lie back and think of England no I haven't so that's it's literally something that was said in the last century that someone wrote in their diary about um whenever I hear my husband coming to my door I open my legs and lie back and think of England and right. it's like girls put up with sex right. and the idea that they have their own understanding of what they want in bed um which they if they do masturbate which they would explore is like novel to men Mm. and there have been times where my friends have said and I've personally experienced guys being shocked and like really offended if I've said actually no you're not quite getting it (laughs) there's there's some slight edits you can make (laughs) (laughs) exactly but I think I think this is all based on the fact that for men sex wasn't like that their aim was not to pleasure us their aim was to get their their pleasure and and to you know get what they wanted and then that was it and we see it in like so many like movies and where like um foreplay just isn't included because it doesn't care because the boys don't care I mean I am stereotyping here but this is a massive like it is it is a big issue I think historically it definitely is more of an issue than it is today but I would 100% agree with the fact that it's much less steered like porn is a massive example it's much less geared towards the female experience like if you look at the way porn is structured it is literally centered around the male experience yeah and how what they find to be pleasurable yeah I was absolutely and it kind of um, brings me back to my podcast with Joe Dean when we were talking about sex education oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. we and like in sex education like in in that masturbation isn't talk, spoken about nor is pleasure and the, the issues is and you you rightfully said that boys have this kind of community where they can talk about it whereas girls yes. it's massively like stigmatized and, and they yeah, don't have taboo. they don't have that so not only are they like slower on kind of understanding their body and understanding what feels good to them which then in turn makes it more difficult to assert themselves in bed when they are with men or with whoever they are going to bed with because yep. they, they're not familiar with that but also it just creates a complete stigma around acknowledging that we do get pleasure and we can be pleasure yes yes uh, going back to what you said about the whole idea of like girls have to be these perfect little virgins mm. what I think people forget in modern society anyway is with sex is like anything you have to practice it to be able to know what you want and know what to get right yeah so the whole idea that oh girls aren't going to masturbate or um girls can't have like a body count and so on and so forth is completely ridiculous when you actually think about it because if a girl has no idea what she wants she's not going to enjoy the experience like you were saying saying like women do find pleasure and do enjoy it but if they're not if it's a massive stigma, they're not going to find what they like in order to do it, you know? Yeah, no, I, I absolutely, I completely agree. I mean, it's completely unrealistic because, like you said, in every other aspect of life, practice makes perfect. So how are we expected <laughs> to, like, um, 
meet someone and be absolutely incredible if we've never um, had yeah. it. Like, it's just, it's unrealistic. And I just think it adds more pressure. And, like, I know that some people aren't necessarily bothered about um, pleasuring their partner in bed. But, and, but I also know that some guys are. And I know that it does, yeah. like, it is a, um, for want of a better word, a, a bit of a turn on when they know that they're pleasuring people. But I do think... Yeah. I do think there are still some people out there who aren't really fussed about that because for them there's only one goal. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I think it's a massive mindset difference because um, it's it's meant to be like, oh yeah, the girl's going to do everything to make sure the guy gets off and like has a great yeah. time. But when it actually comes, if if a woman turned around and said, to be fair, that we cannot generalize in this um, part of sex because there are a lot of guys who are 100% down to listen and know exactly what a girl wants yeah, to exactly. but there are some situations where a lad will turn around and be like are you saying I'm not good are you saying I'm bad and yeah it's a tackle mas- masculinity isn't it yeah it is isn't it and they'll have an issue with their own ego with it like oh my gosh she doesn't think I'm good and then they'll get upset about it and then generally it's kind of killed the vibe anyway yeah. at that point so. and it's so funny because it's like dude like I do not expect you to be incredible if you've never asked a girl what oh, they like I'm exactly. just I'm just sitting here and just, just listen like, yeah <laughs> it's like, just listen. I'm just trying to be honest you know what I mean I, I, yeah <laughs> I'm not gonna lie to you and say you're great if you're not like <laughs> exactly and I completely agree it is a case of a fragile ego when they can't take criticism yeah, on board yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and it's constructive what? criticism like oh yeah exactly <laughs> it's not like you're tearing them down in any way you're just saying try this yeah you know? exactly <laughs> exactly that's why One I think it's just good go on sorry Oh, no, you go. I, I was just saying, that's why I think it's good to, like, masturbate, because then when you are put yes. in situations, you know what you like, and it's like yes, you're not exactly. put in that awkward situation. Yeah, and the whole idea that women have their own fantasies and their own ideas is actually really interestingly a really really newfangled one there was a book published in the 70s by uh, nancy friday Hmm. um which it was like a series of like short erotic stories but there was this really interesting article that prefaced it and it basically um her book discussed the idea of women having these sexual fantasies within the erotic stories because she'd written them and people thought like critics at the time thought that she'd made it up that women couldn't actually have these sexual fantasies. She was, and they basically said she was lying. <laughs> that these, like, think these stories she'd come up with were complete lies that women didn't actually experience. Right, brilliant. And, well, we've made it. We've made a lot of progress 70s. since then, but oh yeah, for sure. But it's still, it's not very long ago. The seventies, and we're like twenty twenty. Yeah. That's like less than fifty years, really. Absolutely. What were you going to say? That that was basically okay. what I was going to talk about slightly earlier, but you led onto it quite nicely. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think it is almost comical to the point that, like, we are <laughs> obviously the male and female species are different in a lot of different ways, but at the oh, end yeah. of the day, sex is like an innate desire that we've yeah. had passed down, like, um, through generations, generations, and unfortunately, From our ancestors. Yes, literally. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think part of the reason why pleasure isn't included in sex education is because of the fact that for a large proportion of schools especially in my experience going to a catholic school they're not going to talk about pleasure in sex because sex isn't for pleasure you know well yeah i would agree with the catholic school aspect of it but i would disagree that all schools aren't going to discuss like pleasure and how to achieve that within sex so i do think the taboo of discussing it in school does come from the idea that they're trying to deter kids from having sex at too much of a young age yeah I get so, that, but then also it can be a bit um, neglectful because they know damn well that people are going to, whether they want to, whether the school oh, says not. I would agree it is it's neglect, but the whole idea of education is like you're only trying to gear them for things that you want them to do to be model citizens. Yeah. So if they're trying to prevent that from happening, 
obviously kids are going to be kids and they're going to do what they want to do like regardless but the whole education system and that whole idea of it could be neglected because they don't want to encourage kids to have sex when we know damn well they're going to either way exactly you know how you um kind of objected and said that you're not you don't think it's in all schools which is yeah have you do you know schools that have talked about pleasure in sex education because i i haven't i I have never been to a school that has spoken about that but do you know any mates or anything i've not had any specific mates Though I do think it is a massive generalisation to say the whole of the UK is not going to talk about pleasure. And I agree, it's probably something that's talked about less, but I would disagree with what you were saying about it's yeah. not talked about full stop. Yeah. So I, I just think it, you're neglecting the idea that some places might actually want to get their kids up to be whole, well-rounded citizens instead of academic kids. You yeah, know? no, I, I, I hope that there are schools like that. If anyone's oh, yeah, listening sure. and, and they've had an experience within sex education that's spoken about pleasure, please contact me and talk yeah, to me about it because, because <laughs> I'd, I'd be very um, interested. Anyway, shall we move on to um, yes, the right. sexualization of women in mainstream media? And also we want to speak about specifically like the stigmatisation of women's nipples. Okay, yes, let's absolutely go for it. So um, what, what do you think when you hear stuff like this? So I think there was a really interesting interview uh, with Miley Cyrus. I think she was on the Jimmy Kimmel show that I saw a couple of years ago. Um, And I think it summed it up really well. She basically said, um, it's not the boobs that people have an issue with. And it's it's literally just the nipples like you were talking about. And then mm. on social media, there was an influencer that I followed for a period of time who was transgender and he was transi- she was transitioning from male to female. Yeah. And as she was going through the hormones and the surgeries and so on, every single month, she posted a picture of her chest and basically said, I want to see how long it takes before they censor my boobs. That's very, that's so interesting social experiment. What actually happened in the end? Um, I think... She had surgery, and when she'd had top surgery, they then started censoring her boobs. And it was it was literally like the boobs, it not the nip. It was, yeah, it, it was it was very it was a very interesting. I think I butchered the explanation, but it was a very interesting social experiment. No. And the fact that once she then got boobs, they did censor them. I think that's very interesting. I have also seen kind of the social experiment going around where basically women will um, post photos of themselves topless, and instead of like um putting an x over it or whatever they'll just use i think it's funny they'll use male <laughs> nipples that they've like <laughs> and stick it on top and they won't get censored and i just think that's hilarious that's so confusing like what, that's so confusing. it's so backward isn't it yeah like how i, I just think like I, it's, it's, it confuses me so much the thing is they're not even that different if you actually take an in-depth look at they're not nipples, yeah they're not that different Maybe slightly smaller, but generally they are not different whatsoever. I know. But, well, like I, you said, yeah. you were talking about the sexualization of um, a woman's nipples. Could you not argue that it could be like the boob itself? I, I know on like social media and so on, you see so much cleavage. But like, if they can just put male nipples over the top, it's such an interesting concept to be fair right, I think so this is that. this is no this is kind of the argument isn't it because right. I haven't spoken to my parents about it and like I, I am a major like free the nip person like I, I don't fair enough I mainly don't wear a bra just because of the fact that I find them uncomfortable and I have like relatively small boobs so I can get away with it for the most most yes. part yes so that's like my main reasoning for it but also I just feel like more liberated by it and I don't care and it's like okay. an, an instant filter of like dickheads like if they're gonna make a comment then I just know they're a dickhead straight away oh yeah 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 but yeah, yeah so 
what I was going to say was I've I'm quite like um, avid about starting conversations about women's boobs and women's nipples and my parents have always okay. said the thing is that uh, women's boobs are like um for want of like a better phrase like a sex organ and it's different oh. it's different in the same in the way um that we look at men's males uh, chests and and like that's what that's the parallel that you drew and that's they said that's the difference what do you think of that See, I don't, I would disagree with what you said about them being a sex organ. Obviously, it's a hormonal thing, so you could argue that it's a sex organ. Mm. But there, there's always the thing, isn't there, about women breastfeeding in public? Yeah. Um, You've heard the, I'm sure you've heard the argument about the whole, like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't get my penis out. Yeah, but you also wouldn't <laughs> feed your children with your penis, would you? That, that is a questionable thing to do in public. That is a backward argument. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's. I think it's such a strange thing. They aren't sex organs. They are functional in a completely different way. I completely agree, yeah. I do think it's interesting what you said about uh, the fact that you're totally comfortable wearing a bra and you see it as like a dickhead filter. Because I feel like someone with slightly bigger chest uh, take for sixth form, for example. There's tops that you could get away with that I could not get away with. Yes. You know? I feel but, that. So, it, it's it's very difficult because I think generally I think I butchered the explanation earlier, but I think generally nipples are what are sexualized because obviously, like you said, if you swap it to a male nipple, then then they're not taken down on like social media platforms. But cleavage is such a big thing as well. Like in schools, people who are slightly more flat-chested will get away with tops that no one who had like larger boobs would get away with. Mm. So I think there's it's a whole conundrum about whether you want to wear a bra, whether you don't want to wear a bra, whether it's the nipples or the cleavage. Because I think on social media platforms, it's considered to be the nipples that are sexualized. But in schools, if you have a slight amount of cleavage, heaven forbid. I don't know if that's just Catholic schools, but it's, it's very questionable, yeah. I, do, I do think. I th- the, my issue is that I follow um, an Instagrammer, and she's called Keelan Moncrieff. She's um, Irish, and she right. is like a big advocate for like women, women's um, liberation about their bodies, etc. And she has posted um, like photos of herself topless, and she's just blurred out the nipples. I can't remember what she blurred out with. It wasn't male nipples, I don't think. And like basically, I could like I could see her basically her whole boobs, right, par the yep. nipples. And yep. for me, like, I know what her boobs look like right now, right? So but, so I don't see the difference it would make for me to then see her nipples as well. Like, I don't get it. Like, Okay. Like, and that to- that photo hadn't been taken down. And so, say, for example, okay. Instagram might, might, their excuse might be, well, we need to censor it uh, for young children. If I was a young child, I'd basically seen her boobs. Like, I'm, I'm not complaining, but I'm just, say- <laughs> I'm just saying <laughs> that. Neither am I. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, I've basically seen her boobs. Oh, yeah. without seeing her nipples and like I just I think it's a bit of a flawed argument like why is it just for nipples like, I can't get okay. my head around it okay with that I do 100% see where you're coming from and I do think it goes back to what I was saying about social media not having an issue with the boob itself and having more of an issue with the nipple so I, I would agree yeah. I can 100% see where you're coming from I think generally it's a questionable argument as a whole the whole idea that it's the nipple that is sexualized because it's literally the nipple that has the function you know, yeah. it's not, it's, it's, if you actually look at the, the literal biology of it, they're probably, I mean, I'm 
not really talking much scientific sense here because I don't know for sure, but I'm almost certain the nipple are the most functional part of the boob <laughs> in terms of like what they're actually used for instead of just. Do you know what I mean? I just, yeah. it, it doesn't quite make sense to me. No, I, I completely agree. Like the the thing that I find more confusing though is the fact that like so let's let's talk off social media. So before social media okay. was around and before like um banning the nipple etc and um, women obviously couldn't really go topless in the streets but men can yes, yes. why why is there a difference between that if 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 you if you to, uh, if you were to argue that uh, boobs aren't a sex organ and that is why they are in that is why they're inappropriate if you're to argue against that why is it that women's boobs aren't allowed out on the streets see the default for me here would be to go back to the idea that in a patriarchal society women's breasts are seen as sex organs even though that's not their function Mm. that would be my default argument with that um it's hard though isn't it yeah because like just to play devil's advocate these are this is not my opinion but some people would argue well like this is um very kind of young generational stuff but some people say okay you're either a boobs or a a, a bum person right yes. okay okay <laughs> and so like that's kind of drawing parallels for me but then also you've got the thing that like yeah. if we talk about nudes for example Right. Boys don't really send nudes of their six pack, do they? That is a, I, I mean, but girls send well. nudes of them. <laughs> yeah, but like, <laughs> like I can see that for free. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? This is true. Take them to the beach, and then you've exactly. seen their nudes. That it kind exactly. of defeats the point. I do see what you mean. I do exactly. see what you mean. Whereas women, like, they send boobs of, they send boobs of their <laughs> nudes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Do you know what I mean? They so then, so then I do boobs. question. Well, clearly, it has more of a weight than a man's chest does. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. I can can see that but then that does always go back to the idea that are they sexual or are they not sexual do you know what I mean it's yeah it, it's actually I've just thought think... a way around that though if right, boobs go. weren't um sexualized and if they weren't like um covered sending um photos of your boobs would be the exact same as men's chest because there would be nothing um like secret about them yeah would there so I, yeah. I think it might just be a case of getting ourselves normalized to it but I don't know oh okay yeah that would make sense to be fair but at the same time, then, and I don't, I think this is because of the fact that there are y- years and years of normalisation of men's chests being okay to be open, out in the open. But say, for example, like if I go to the beach or something, I would feel a lot more uncomfortable taking my top off. Than, oh, yeah. Like I don't have a brother that, but than like a, a brother would. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Though I do think, um, if we're talking historically, there are some tribes and um, in like, the amazon and then in some of the southern african yeah like the part of that continent where women do not wear anything on their tops yeah whatsoever. and it's normalized for them and it's yeah, not seen exactly. as sexual and also yeah i think i remember seeing quite a few photos around kind of when the free the nip movement was quite in its height around like um a lot of these um women who were like um not wearing bras and um they were also like breastfeeding in public and it was all normal and no one was reacting i think it completely is just the fact that if we normalized it we wouldn't have an issue with it Yes, yes, I would agree with that. But I think the issue then arises with where have we gone wrong, where it's been it's been expected for women to wear bras and for women to hide that and where it's fine for men to be slightly different. Because it's all about control, isn't it? It's all about control over telling okay. a woman what she can do with her body and what, what she, she can't. Yeah, what she can and can't do with her body. Okay, I can see where you're coming from, though I would be interested to then later do research and find out exactly at what point did we go from having these tribes where 
our bodies were completely accepted and we wouldn't be expected to wear anything on our tops whatsoever to now where it's become like a heavily patriarchal society and everyone has their boobs hidden but also another reason it might be based on is the fact that um women are kind of um we are brain we are brainwashed or we are like uh, wired to think that yes. boobs yes. are a thing that uh, should be just saved for a partner because we are special and we should only dedicate ourselves to one person it should be yes, a secret. yes 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 you know yes that goes back to the whole idea of like women being put on like pedestals yeah and, uh, having their whole sexuality worshipped and that it's very precious and all of this so I, I 100% understand where you're coming from and I also think also also think mainstream media at the moment has a massive issue with allowing women to accept their bodies because obviously there's so many underwear advertisements there's so many huge things about making sure your body is perfect I think we're going to go into it slightly later on um in terms of like body standards for women and like well yeah let's move on to that because basically a lot of women's body standards are based on like they are there for capitalism gains aren't they yeah for the capitalist society yeah absolutely so let's talk about body hair and why it's so shunned on women yep um in some of the research that I did into this topic, some of the earliest recorded um, cases of women like removing body hair actually came from the Roman Empire. Okay. And it's considered like a wealth status type thing. Right. So women who were a lot more wealthy would um, like acquire pumice stones and literally... Very much this is what people used to like scrub their feet with. Would remove body hair using pumice stones. But why? Like, what? Why did they? Them. What was the outcome that they were trying to achieve? Because being like hairless and being, it was considered to be slightly more clean, and it was considered to, if you were more clean, you were more wealthy because you could afford the cleaning products. That was the whole idea of it. But were the males doing it? No. So, so that's no, why, I think it, why do we? Why do we say one one gender can do it and one gender don't? I uh, I find it so difficult. Like, obviously, the reason why I, in my head, rationalise shaving is because of the fact that I have right. been wired to do so, right? But yes, who started that? Life. Like, who thought it looks attractive on women and not attractive... It looks attractive on men and not attractive on women? See, I think it goes back to the idea of, like, the pure state of virginity that we were talking about slightly earlier. Because, obviously, w- historically, women were married off a lot younger, and at that age, see, I now this is just theorizing. Like, oh, I like, I like what you're doing. Yeah, I know what you're thinking. But yeah. at that age, you're gonna have a much more nubile body. You're not gonna have like grown in the sense that a fully grown woman would. Yeah. So this whole patriarchal society and boiling it down to you need to be this nubile little like perfect virgin that we saw within history and the way women were married off could now have translated into modern society being you have to replicate that regardless of your age. Yeah, absolutely. Because prepubescent teens aren't going to have body hair, are they? Exactly right. And that's when they're married off originally. Which that is, is such a good idea as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, no, but I... I, well, I don't like the marrying off early. <laughs> but yeah, no, I've, I've never even thought about it like that. And I genuinely think you, you're onto something that has a lot of weight to it as an argument. I completely agree. However, like I heard stuff about, so um, it might have been Gillette or something. It was a famous razor brand. I can't remember. Yes. But during World War One or two, I can't remember um, specifically, right. when men were at war, um, brands such as let's just say it's Gillette they basically had no people buying um, their products and so- now you would be exactly right in that because in 1915 in World War One, Gillette launched the first ah. um, razor which was called Milady Decolette 
and it was like the first razor which was geared towards women it was like the whole pink razor movement you know oh yeah back in the original but slightly more expensive for no reason at all. <laughs> and but... slightly more <laughs> ineffective may i add well, yeah. trust me buy yeah, men's razors buy me- if you're going to shave buy men's razors yeah no exactly <laughs> yeah no but like yeah i just found that so interesting that it was literally a capitalism ploy that they just thought oh man we've not got like a demographic any demographic anymore we need yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just, yeah, give it to women. They need it clearly. Wow. <laughs> See, I I'd researched like the timings, but I, I it hadn't clicked in my mind that they'd done it. Obviously, when all the men had gone to war, but that makes so much sense. Yeah. that's really interesting. It is interesting, isn't it? And it's just another way for people to feed into it. And I think completely agree with you in regards to class. Like, obviously, women of upper class who had more pocket money would have bought those mm. razors mm. and they are they were glorified they were like put on a pedestal like you said they were yes. looked as pristine and well put together and so yeah. it would eventually just trickle down into the other classes wouldn't it yeah 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 because everyone's going to strive within a capitalist society everyone's going to strive to achieve that kind of I can build myself up to that point you know yeah exactly exactly one thing that I did find interesting when you're talking about the whole patriarchal society and body hair within that but there was um, a survey in 2016 um, it was in america but i the website that was on was like the nhs website so it it was quite a a big survey Mm. and it basically said that um there was a couple of different kind of outcomes that they couldn't conclusions they'd come to if you like one of them was the fact that um women are actually disgusted at the idea of other women having body hair as well as themselves and um another one is the fact that women are twice as likely to have a lifelong partner if they like shave wax are like hairless literally from the neck down really? then they are if they don't yeah 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 and this was 2016 so four years ago and it was literally st- statistically proven in america that women are doubly as likely i think it was um specifically heterosexual relationships so mm. don't quote me on that but um yeah to have a lifelong partner if they shave their bodies than if they didn't I found that so interesting that you mentioned the heterosexuality thing because I like really don't like shaving at all purely because um like I don't shave my legs because I don't feel like I benefit from it because I have like very blonde hair and like my armpits I just am not that bothered about it so in winter I just go full-on like grow them out oh yeah no I would agree yep 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 and I have like shown my friends them the pits you know the bad boys oh yeah obviously and they do not really care they do not yeah. really care what they think and so I, yeah. I think that's yeah, so yeah, interesting yeah. however I showed my um one of my best friend's boyfriend and he kind of recoiled when he first saw it and then he, I'm not surprised by that no he got used to it and like, I'm really good mates with him so and like I'm I'm not gonna like try and sexualize my, myself in front of him because I don't want to date him and also he's got a girlfriend except <laughs> weirdly so, enough yeah. yeah so obviously there was there wasn't that um desire for me to like be sexy in front of him right yeah but um he kind of was a bit like oh I don't really like that Libby but then he kind of got used to it and he was like oh whatever like I don't care it doesn't affect me and I genuinely think you the only reason a boy would tell you to shave is if they are immature and they can't deal with the fact that that is natural yes I would agree I think it goes back to the whole idea of like women being nubile and gorgeous and all of this but I've literally had experiences in the past where lads have been like so are you gonna shave like you haven't shaved and uh, it, it is something that I think within a patriarchal society we have gotten used to when we shouldn't but because it's been normalized for so long 
that it's it's obviously going to be something that we're kind of stuck with for a period of time we have to build ourselves out of it and so yeah. on and I find it ironic because like I understand like some boys and and some people in general will rationalize shaving down there because for for example for oral sex that's going to make it um oh so much easier yeah exactly right but that I, I wouldn't mind that if it weren't for the fact that boys don't shave down there do they I would disagree I've met quite a few who are very well groomed okay well but maybe, but are they doing that for <laughs> are they doing that for themselves or are they doing that for your ease or what what do you what do you know uh, not that I, okay, not that no, I imagined no, you question them but <laughs> <laughs> we had an in-depth discussion no, I, I completely agree with what you're saying I think I think you're less likely to if you're not going to be sexually active and you're more likely to if you are, both okay. like with lads and with women. But I, I, I think it's interesting that you raise the point about um, guys not doing it because I would disagree. I think there are quite a few who... Because, I mean, it's, it's, it is more appealing. You're not, yeah. You know what I mean. I, I completely agree. But then also there's the thing that, yeah, they might keep it trimmed, but they expect mm. us to be bare. <gasps> okay, yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that, yeah. And, like, what makes me feel weird is the fact that, like, you know, bare, no hair, bare, no hair, I look like a a prepubescent girl. What is attractive about that? That goes exactly back to what I was saying earlier. That makes me feel so weird. No, it it is a very, very strange concept that that's what people are attracted to the fact that you are prepubescent yeah <laughs> it is odd not trying to i i don't know it, it's a very strange concept that people would find that to be like the perfect ideal yeah i mean i feel like pubic hair is a completely different ball game to like shaving your arm in, arm armpits there mm. we go or shaving your legs because it's it is much more intimate and if people have an issue with that it's like well you clearly don't really want to be that much of a me to be that much of a woman yeah absolutely and <laughs> not like, to be really blunt with it but you you know what I mean yeah I, I get that and like the thing is I get it like shaving like um a lot of my friends shave their legs and they absolutely love it because it makes their legs feel it's smooth soft, yeah yes. they say they love it when they're going to bed I personally never had that because I have like weird like I, I don't know I have like like not spots on my leg but the, it's not a very nice yes. texture so, no, I understand. so I've never had that and I completely appreciate that but what I don't get is like like you said when other girls will and they ha- like not my specifically within my small friendship group but other girls have said to me oh that's a bit grim and they'd be like when are you going to shave it and I'm like how does it affect you yes okay no I think that is too far I think everyone's own choices should stay to be their choices regardless of whether you're female or male you can't tell another female friend what to do with their bodies regardless I think even if you do want to shave purely as much as you can say it's purely for me I prefer it because I have friends who turn around to me and say like I don't like the feeling of having hair on my legs like I prefer that and that's that's a hundred percent their choice I would argue that that's come from like an internalized belief that this is what we have to do based on what media is pushed upon us oh totally but it's nothing to do with me and if that's not what I think that I can't argue with them because it's their bodies and I would I I don't think it's right that anyone can say what to do with someone's body hair. I think the issues surrounding it and where it's come from are the things you can discuss and debate. But what someone actually wants to do with their body is up to them. Mm, totally. I remember. So I um, went into school for about a week and I hadn't shaved my pits. And I was just like really scared anyone was going to like find out. And I wrote this thing in my notes. I'm going to read it out to you because 
I like I primed myself to say this if anyone questioned it. So here it is. So the compulsion to shave, in other words, is an example of how women have internalized patriarchal ideas of femininity. And in my eyes, there are a lot more attractive attributes of someone than whether they shave or not. Most men continue to leave their pits au naturel and no one fears contagion from them. So that was like my three sentence kind of thing of how to attack any Wonderful. any excuses. I've got a yeah. question for you, right? So right. I, like a man might say to you, Well, I find it less I find you less attractive and I have less of a sexual desire to have sex with you if you have um, hair under your armpits. And you say, well, there's loads more attractive features about me. Why aren't you, you know, get over it? Where do we draw the line with that? Because then it's like, oh, I'm not linking not shaving to bad hygiene. I'm not doing that at all. But for example, people, you know, if someone doesn't wash, that's pretty unattractive and you're not going to want to have sex with them. But they might just say, well, I don't care. Why would you care? Where do we draw the line? I think there's a difference between just not shaving and not washing. I'm sorry, I've got to I've got to say shaving is not actually unhygienic cuz where ha- the hair grows, it's meant to grow there to prevent like STDs, to yeah. like prevent you from getting colds. Like it's it's meant to be there. You know, you know, I mean some people do choose to shave their eyebrows, but the the hair is there for a reason. It's not a completely useless thing. Yeah. Whereas washing, if you don't wash, you're going to get a disease. Okay. I mean, it's very very different that's a bad example let me think of an aesthetic one so for example um if you uh maybe maybe you're not necessarily trendy or you don't necessarily wear nice clothes or you wear clothes that aren't very fitting or attractive etc etc okay how would you deal with that because where do we draw the line with what we find in attractive in the partners okay so i think attraction comes down to generally your own personal experience like Mm -hmm. I know for a fact I go for a certain type of person. Not not in all cases, but I think surface attraction, it comes down to a certain type of features. Like when you see someone in public, you're not like, wow, they have a great personality. You, you think, wow, they have a nice face. Wow, they're just yeah, nice. absolutely. And I think we draw the line at our own personal understanding. I think where body hair comes into it is because men and women are so used to this idea that women must be hairless like if you take razor adverts for an example you very rarely see women who are in razor adverts with any hair on their bodies whatsoever they're mm. shaving nothing yeah so it's like that it's so normalized for us to just see body hair as it shouldn't be there it's non-existent so on and so forth that it's going to become part of what we find attractive regardless of if we have a say in it or not you have to deconstruct your understanding of that and make it not about that if that makes sense I think where you're on about specific attraction or what you find attractive or unattractive that's down to personal preference but that can be I think influenced by the media and what's generally trending as attractive on social media and so on so that fluctuates but what we have with body hair is it's become so internalized that it's a fundamental part of what we find attractive and you have to deconstruct that I completely agree. I think fundamentally, if we see someone on the street, in town, at a party, at a club, and we find them attractive, we're going to find them attractive, whether they have body hair, whether they are wearing dodgy clothes, you know? Yeah, it's exactly. You're not looking at someone's. Oh, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> You're not looking at someone's armpits when you look at them and say, "You're not going to go up to someone in the centre of town and be like, excuse me, can I have a look at your pits before I decide what exactly, you're exactly. You're just going to say they're attractive whether they are or not. So yeah. it's it's the conversations you have afterwards. And if you, someone becomes unattractive to you because they haven't shaved their armpits, if that's your choice. I'm sorry, I think it's a little bit superficial. I mean, obviously, oh, it's totally, everyone's decision. Yeah. 
But I just think it's a little bit childish, if yeah. you like. I completely agree. And I think it's funny because a lot of my girlfriends, not my actual girlfriends, I wish, but um, a lot of my girlfriends <laughs> have boyfriends. Right. And they say, like... Um, at the start of their relationship, they were really like stressed about shaving, and now shaving, and then you get into the relationship, and you're not that yeah, bothered. and they yeah. don't care. Yeah, okay, exactly. And and then I just question why are we bothered about it at the start then? At the beginning, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's the standard because when you're not 100 percent comfortable with someone, you're more scared of what they're going to say. Yeah. Whereas when you are comfortable with someone, I mean, for me personally, if I'm going to wear a swimming costume, I know that I'm going to want to shave my bikini line mm. because just for the aesthetic purpose of it do you know what I mean yeah. especially if I'm not that comfortable with the people I'm swimming with because if, if you're in a public place and someone turned around and you could hear them say god she's not shaved a bikini line you're gonna be slightly embarrassed yeah and I think the extra embarrassment of me being in public I would just rather not face that regardless of my stance on whether I shave whether I wax what I'm doing it is an added layer of embarrassment so at the start of a relationship when you're just getting to know someone you don't want to have those added layers of embarrassment you just want to prevent any conversation from starting you know yeah at the same time I think there's nothing more attractive than someone who is like I'm not trying to be cringy but who is like so unapologetic about what they believe and what they do you know yes no I I do agree with that I do agree with that. But I think there are certain parts, especially at the start of a relationship, generally, Mm. um, this is, again, a sweeping generalization. You pick and choose how much of yourself you want to show to someone. Because I know personally, I can come across, I can come across, I can come across very strong as a person when people first meet me. And I, it's a slight issue sometimes because people do get a little bit like Jesus Christ. So it's, I think preventing the conversations that could be more difficult, that could be more taxing when you're first getting to know someone, makes it more easy. And yes, it is attractive to someone who's completely unapologetic about themselves, but there's unapologetic about yourself and up yourself. True, you know? very true. Yep, I completely agree. So I think you can you can balance them out. Yeah, well, we've come to a nice little end here. Um, yes. So thank you so much for coming, Isabel. I, I'm not, I didn't expect any less from you, but you're a brilliant public speaker, um, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Throwback to our public speaking days. You. Oh, goodness <laughs> me. Oh, actually, we did, um, we did one about feminism, isn't it? But like representation yeah, of uh, women's yes, football, did. didn't we? Yeah, we did. We'd had a nice little talk about that. Young, you won an award for it, didn't you? I did indeed. Young feminists in the making. There we go. But yeah, if you guys have any topics that you want Isabel and I to discuss, they don't necessarily have to be around feminism, then just let us know. Um, yep. And yeah, thank you so much for coming on, Isabel. Um, You're very welcome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll speak to you later. Bye. Bye. So that was Isabel Money. You can catch her on Instagram at Isabel Milner with an S. Just, just to clarify. Thank you for listening to the end. Um, like always, h- here for constructive criticism, hit me up, let me know, um, either on Instagram, Do It Justice Podcast, or on Twitter, which is Do It Justice Pod with the O being a zero. Or you can just send me an email if you're feeling articulate, Do It Justice at hotmail.com. Thank you again for listening. Stay safe, and I'll speak to you later. Bye.